Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hi, you all. We're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Pod. And today we have our guest, Sandria Hall. Am I saying your name right? Yep, that's right. Perfect. Um, And so before we start off, Sandria, we start off with a random scenario before we even like really go over your bio. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, If you picked up a random book at the bookstore and discovered the book was about uh, your life, mm-hmm. what would be your response? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that would be my response to my life. <laughs> would you like throw it away or would you, what would you do with it? Oh, absolutely not. I'd probably buy several copies, give them away. I'd share it all. I'd share all my story. Nice. <laughs> all right, y'all. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into um, intro about Sandria. So today's guest is Sandria Hall. Sandria is both a counselor and a coach based out of Denver, Colorado. Her niches include life transitions, women's issues, and religious trauma. She describes herself as client-centered, straightforward, and solution-focused. Sandria describes sessions with her as it may feel something like talking to a friend. It may also feel like the friend you wish will leave you alone. She partners with you while you do the work. That's awesome. So the first question or conversation I want to dive into is kind of talking about how you found your passion for therapeutic work centered around life transitions. Sure. Um, I'd have to first attribute just the desire to help to my parents. Um, I grew up a preacher's kid and we always had people in and out of our home um, while they were actually in life transitions. And my mom and dad were just open. They were always working in the community, always inviting people over, always giving, giving, giving. I remember my dad sitting in our den for hours with people. They'd come by and just want to chat with him about life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he gave them the time, the energy, the space to do that. So I think just the work around therapy and wanting to help people in general, I, I definitely um, attribute that to my parents and they're my greatest inspiration. Um, but as it relates to transitions, that probably, not probably, that came from my own life experience. You know, the only thing that's consistent is change. (laughs) We're always going through change. There's always an opportunity um, to go from what was to what is. And that's what I consider transition. And it's not always easy to find someone to help you walk that out. Be it, you know, the loss of a loved one, divorce, marriage, um, a new baby. Not that, you know, transition and change doesn't have to be a bad thing. But making that shift um, can be difficult. So I think, you know, there are times in my life when I really, really needed someone to talk to. And it's been hard to find 
when you're looking for something very specific. And I wanted to be that for people. I wanted to be um, someone to partner with them on their journey as they transition. Nice. It's really nice to hear that because, I mean, life transitions are things that inevitably happen all the time, whether we plan for it or not. So right. it's really important to have key people there that can support you in that because it's just so rare that you find somebody where they say, like, this is something like that I'm really wanting to support and this is my niche. So I feel like that's very rare to find. So I'm very thankful. Yeah. That yeah. Absolutely. And as you were speaking, it kind of made me think about um, myself. I'm 26 years old and I feel like that I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to become a marriage and family therapist just because I, pe- I feel like people don't speak and talk about things. Mm-hmm. So it's so much of life, even at my age, that I feel like is happening that no one has spoke about. And it's kind of just like when you talk to someone about it, it's like, oh, yeah, that happened to me, too. Right. But it's like, well, why come you didn't say nothing? <laughs> like... Well, you just, why, why wouldn't you kind of, even if it's, it's only so much preparation that we can get, right? right. We still can kind of know some of these, like, especially like basic life transitions kind of happen. Um, so I completely agree with you. And I'm so glad that you are out here doing this work. Thank you. Thank okay. You. So the next question is, what are some popular life transitions clients come to you to discuss? Um, oh my gosh, everything from a breakup and divorce to getting married, falling in love. Um, you know, like I said, a transition doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be something we pursued and we hoped for and prayed for and wished for, and we got it. And it's like, oh wait, <laughs> I didn't expect, I didn't expect that feeling or I didn't expect that fear or I didn't expect um you know so much to be required of me in this new space you know and that's that's transition having a new child um having children and moving um like i said losing someone you love graduating from college it's like yay i made it oh wait 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 (laughs) (laughs) now now i'm out here what does this mean So it's every everything. Everything is an opportunity to to transition. Oh yeah, and definitely thinking about like you can set out these goals or like these things that you want to accomplish, and then even the transition of completing them. And it's like once you complete them, now what? Now I know, like, what? Exactly. Because thinking about like graduation, that's where like the light bulb went off for me. Because as you were describing, I was like, oh, okay, I never thought about this, but graduation, since it's something that I've experienced recently. I can think about it in that way because it's like I hit graduation. It's like, oh, this is a new transition. Now I'm like a real adult. Now what happens? So. Exactly. <laughs> I hit. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. So then our next question is Can you explain a few examples of religious trauma and like what that looks like to help our listeners better understand that? Sure. Um, it's interesting especially in the black community, we we're leading in the areas of belief and faith. And so when you mention religious trauma, it's like a big pause, like, wait a minute, (laughs) we don't play with God. What are you talking about? And, you know, but it's a real thing. Um, It's not something that's been identified in the DSM Mm five, but it's a real experience that people are having. And um, there are a few de- a few ways to describe it. Um, one definition may be, 
kind of like the physical, emotional, psychological response to um, religious experience, beliefs, practices, the structures, and it makes it hard to kind of get back to um, like a homostasis of peace because you're struggling with what you believe to be true. And maybe it's not really, really aligning with your lived experience. You know, we, I read something, actually, no, it was an interview I heard, and I'm going to mess up the quote, but you'll get the gist. And it said that we were introduced to um, Santa and Jesus at the same time. We grew out of Santa, but we never grew out of Jesus. And that can mean different things to different people. It could be um, the Jesus or the church or the religion of our childhood and how we kind of um, process that, how we experience that, how we develop truth around that. And then we grow up and we're still living in this childlike mentality around our faith. Mm -hmm. And that's a traumatic experience because now it's not working. And what do you do? And, you know, clients will walk into my office and they feel, they're filled with shame because I'm a believer and my faith isn't working. Yeah. And maybe they've tried to talk to their pastor or, you know, others in the church, their families, others that share their beliefs, but they don't feel the freedom to really say some of those hard things because they're, they don't want to be judged. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Thank you for breaking that down. Um, so then my second question to follow that is, um, what are your thoughts on how, like, a client coming in with this religious trauma and talking about that, how might, how might that look different for that type of client? How might therapy look different for them or treatment look different for them? If it does look different. Right. Different because it's religious trauma. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's, it's the context, the subject may be unique. Yeah. But different because we, again, we've learned so much as children. Mm-hmm. Right? We're, we're, we're taught how to be, who to be, rights, wrong, judgments, all these things. And like I said, we grow up and we're living these experiences and now we're faced with life. It's just like in college, let's say you're, you're raised in a safe community, then you go away to college and now you are, you're a roommate with someone that's completely different from you. Mm-hmm. That's an experience. That's a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're faced with the reality of what you believe, what you've been taught is true about people. And now you're faced with this person and you're living with them, and you go, wait, I don't, what I believe isn't really lining up with what I'm experiencing. What do I do with that? Mm -hmm. Um, So the therapeutic approach that I take most of the time um, is more of a cognitive approach, REBT to be specific, where we look at what we believe to be true. We question those things. we break them down. Is this accurate? Is this true? Is this something you believe? Why is it still true? Is there fear around that? How does that, you know, if this wasn't true, what would you be doing? If this wasn't what you believe to be true, how would your life look now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's so, it's, it's so like um, amazing how those questions mm-hmm. can change like your whole perspective, right? Mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely well thank you for talking about that i agree with you when you talk about kind of anytime you say religion in general mm-hmm. and mental health i feel like everybody's like oh, like 
What are you it's, talking about? <laughs> it, it's so true. And a lot of times, and you know this, in therapy, there's always the spiritual component mm -hmm. um, that we like to make room for. And I do for my clients, if that's what they need. I also have clients that don't want any part of it. And I honor that as well. Um, but when you are dealing with religious trauma and maybe you want out completely, it's really hard to find someone that'll honor that and hold space for that. I get clients that specifically say, I tried to work with this therapist and they kept telling me, you know, I needed to, to go to this deeper place spiritually. And it, it was really triggering for them. It didn't feel safe. Yeah. We understand that the intent was to produce um, safety for this person, but it didn't work for what they were experiencing. And it, it's, it's, like I said, it's a niche, um, but it deserves some, some light. And I'm, you know, always happy to chat about it. I'm so glad you girls invited me invited me to um chat more with you yeah. yeah absolutely and i think that in the future that could be its own like that could be its own topic right 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 um, mm -hmm. so going to the next question what are some of the mental health concerns or like symptoms and behaviors that you notice when people are going through life transitions in general um so i think let me just break this down a little bit that um, at least in, in the context that I see life transitions, hold on, I think I lost something here. So there's a difference between change and transition. Yeah. So change is something that happens situationally, and this is in the context that I use it, so bear with me here. So change is something that happens situationally. It's external, it's, it's like you're getting married, but it's, you're not married until you sign sign that document that says you are now mrs whoever mr and mrs whoever in that moment you're married right the transition is becoming moving from being a single person to a married person and all that icky stuff that's in between there or you know we talk about grief and loss um i lost my dad last year and and he had been sick for two years so there was a a readiness that my family had around that um, but it wasn't until that final goodbye, mm -hmm. which was the change, that to a family that no longer had a dad present. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? Transition is all that middle stuff. It's like the internal, the psychological processes. It's going from what was to what is and trying to learn um, a new identity, a new way of being. And that's, that's the part that I work with my clients on. So, um, what was your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, um, but just to clarify, so basically life transitions happen after change. Right. After some significant change has happened, the transition is going from what was to what is. I love that, what you're saying, what was to what is. Mm -hmm. um, but I was asking this though, just like, what are some mental health concerns just thinking of like um like symptoms wise and like so like are you noticing more people having poor sleep during life transitions you know um, are you noticing you know roman thoughts or whatever all of that lots of anxiety because what you're used to is no longer there um maybe you know you became a new parent and now you know there's some insecurities around that you want to do well is the baby sleeping? Is the baby alive? I hear that all the time. Um, we talked about getting married. Am I being a good partner? What's expected? We got to talk 
about sex and finances and oh wait I have to tell you how I'm spending my money like we need to talk about these things that's part of the transition it's creating that new life together and what that looks like um but there's fear there's sadness there's um also hope we talked about graduating that's a transition but there's a lot of hope there right on what the future holds for you it's still scary Mm -hmm. it's different um, you're having to navigate it as a full adult now. There's no parent or teacher telling you how to do this. You got to sort it out yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of everything. Every situation is different. Most definitely. What are some tools or tips that you give clients um, for working with their life transitions like outside of therapy? Are there any books, resources you give them or homework that you sometimes give them? Um, a great book to read is... Life Transitions by William Bridges. Um, He is my resource for the foundation. Um, That's not the word for the the structure that I use around transition. Okay. Um, It's a really, really great resource. Um, Also, as far as homework is concerned, Again, it depends on the situations, but we do a lot of what was and what is. We do a lot of, um, this is from choice theory, where we talk about, I have the client's draw circle, and inside of that circle, we put all the things that are super, super important to us in our life, right? And because life is changing, it may be some of those people or situations that are in that circle that we deemed as important may not be as important anymore. So then we draw another circle and we put those people situations on the outside of that circle and to sit there like, how does that feel now? They're still there in the periphery, but they're not vitally important to where you're going in your life. And what does that look like? How does that shift things for you? How does that change how you feel and how you prepare and how you plan? Yeah, absolutely. I noticed you said something about choice theory. Mm-hmm. What's choice theory? Oh, choice theory. Um, um, it's a, another kind of therapeutic approach. Um, and basically, how do I summarize choice theory? It's all about relationships. And it, and, and it, it says that kind of our life, our happiness, our joy are all connected to people that we love. Mm-hmm. And about it? You do have a choice about it. You have a choice to it, it changes everything it makes anxiety a choice it depression a choice so instead of saying i have anxiety i'm choosing to anxietize right now <laughs> but i could choose to do something different you get that i'm choosing to depress right now but i could choose to do something mm-hmm. different so it, it kind of it takes away because a lot of times we have to say my anxiety my depression we own all of these things and, and it's I don't mean to belittle that, but how does it feel if we make it something that we pick up? I mean, there are several cups here on the table. One of them has to, happens to be depression. One of them has to, happens to be anxiety. Another is to challenge negative thoughts. Another is to go for a walk. What are we going to pick up in that time of stress? Right. Exactly. Okay. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Donika, did you have a question? Uh, no, no. Okay. So to kind of wrap things up, do you have any takeaways for our listeners? We usually like to give them a little bit of homework. So if you have any homework for them to ha- like do or think something to think about. 
I didn't prepare any homework, but I think, you know, it, when we talk about therapy in general, I, I like to remind people that you don't have to be in crisis to mm. seek therapy. We talked today about um, transition and how sometimes it's something we hope for, we want, and it's nothing wrong with talking to someone about how to walk that out, how to make that shift, how to make that change. Mm-hmm. Um, but to just take care of yourself, um, explore, create, take changes, take chances, dream, be open to learning, um, seek resources, be it your family, friends, a therapist, um, read, <laughs> go for a walk. There's so many things that you can do to help yourself feel better. There's so many options. We talked about those choices on the table. There's yeah. so many things we could pick up. Most definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sandria, for your time today. And if y'all are in her area, feel free to check her out. She can be found at mychoicemypower.com. That's mychoicemypower.com. And thank you so much. Thank you. All right, y'all. We're very thankful for our guest today. And so I don't know about y'all, but Sometimes I listen to Oprah's podcast. Some of the episodes, I'd be like, oh, what are they talking about? But some of them, they really land really well with me. And so I low-key am obsessed with Dr. Phil, but I don't like to tell people that because I feel like people judge me. But anyway, I have a low-key obsession with Dr. Phil, and he was the guest on the past two podcast episodes. And shockingly enough, all he was talking about was how you have to choose yourself first in your life. And so he talked about how choosing yourself first is not selfish and when we have these roles in our life we tend to take on these roles and that's what we become so for example um not that's what we become but they take over like our thoughts of who we are so say for example you're a new mother and so you might share that with people all the time like yeah I'm a new mother I'm a mom like that might be a title that you really hold strongly to but what about you as a person? Are you really like thinking about yourself? Are you taking care of yourself? Or is your life fully going over to your kids? And so this is an example he used. And one of the ladies in the audience is kind of talking about that. And his response to her was, a mom that really loves her kids would take care of herself to be the best mom possible. And that knocked me out, y'all. I was literally like, oh my gosh, like that is a really good point. And he just talks about how, when you notice things aren't going well in your life, like how you need to focus on changing them, but also be realistic in that if there are things that you can't change, how can you have a better outlook on those things? And so I highly suggest y'all listen to that podcast because um, it just really stood out to me. But I also want to recognize that oftentimes, like we might be, we might feel like we don't have a choice, and that oftentimes might be the answer. That oftentimes might be not, might not be the answer, but just being thankful in those moments that we do have the choice and that we can make a choice for ourselves because um I'll just tell y'all a little bit like I was in grad school and something that really I always saw people had choices but one of my professors or one of my classmates asked somebody how they could choose not to have not to experience racism and when I tell y'all I almost broke my neck I was like this I've never thought of the fact that some things we don't have control over and some things we don't have a choice over in our life. So just recognizing that, you know, we might experience things where we don't have a choice to not be a part of them. Um, but I think like educating ourselves for those people on the outside and those that are experiencing those things like racism, oppression, et cetera, um, really taking care of ourselves. And again, going back to how do we put ourselves first when we even don't have the choices to make changes in our life. So.
That's my yes. Or my diary with this way. <laughs> I guess for me, like like I kind of mentioned when talking to Sandria, is that like people just don't talk about life transitions. It's like a secret. Like, why is it a secret? Like, it was hard for you to get through that life transition, and why wouldn't you shed some light and help someone else? And like I said, just because you talk about it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to help somebody else, but a lot of times it does. And so I just feel like that we need to talk about not only transitions, just life more. Mm-hmm. Like, it is real out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And I, like, like, also like Sandra was saying, like the only thing that we know for sure about life is that change is a constant. Like it don't stop. Mm-hmm. And so I know for me, that's part of my work in my everyday life is to continue to bring awareness uh, to and normalize talking about life in general and how how hard it is, but also how great it is sometimes too. So that's my little thing. Also, um, oh, we, wait, I got a good one. So then I forgot to add this. So Dr. Phil shared something else and he talked about when we learn things or when we don't learn things. So let's say in a life transition, let's say it was not the best life transition and not the best things happen. He was like, basically, if you take from that and you learn, that's free tuition because Mm -hmm. you don't have to pay for that knowledge. But he was like, if you take that and you don't do nothing with it, you don't learn that's basically a fine that you're going to have to pay because you're going to re-experience this thing again and then you didn't take what you learned. So now you got another fine because you're just going to keep on like, oh my God, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? Versus like, it hit me again. I got this. It hit me again. I got this. So I think that that was very powerful too. And even Oprah was just like, say that one more time. Like (laughs) it was really good. Like the audience, you just hear them like clapping and stuff. And even I was like, that is a really good point. Like not everything in life is free, but you can learn some free game just from your experiences that you experience. So, I think Woo! that's Yeah, them life transitions better. They hit hard. You better learn something from them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Phil, Myra. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should really check out the episode because, like, I'm really about, like, what can I take from this and carry it on because I feel like therapy is great but I'm one of those therapists that's big on how you helping yourself outside of therapy. Cause let's say like I died and you were my client. Now you're going to have to go find a new therapist. And in the transition of you finding a new therapist, are you holding on to some of the tools that you should be working on outside of therapy? Like what are you doing to help yourself out? And that does not have to be journaling, meditating, none right. of that. It's all about what did you take and learn about yourself? Absolutely. I completely agree. But, right. um, Do you have a book for the week? <laughs> what you um, got? I don't really have a book for some reason um first the millennium the tour popped in my head is that what it's called this year oh you going I'm going oh you going to Inglewood or where you going I'm going to Inglewood so I can walk from my house oh snap wait so they're not in, they're not going to San Diego right no you don't know nobody come here <laughs> don't be doing that people be coming <laughs> all right um, <laughs> barely I, I gotta buy my ticket for that but the first thing I thought was like oh because I had seen like a post that on Groupon they said on Groupon they had like discounts you lying and so I went, on, I went on there and I couldn't find them just now or I think it said it was sold out or something uh, so what I seen on Groupon what'd you say they're cheap already though no they not 
I got mine for $60 and I'm almost at the floor. You already got your ticket? Yeah, I got the day it went on sale. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go back to you. Your turn. Well, they not 60 no more. Yeah. Um, but while I was on Groupon, I had seen like some discounts for because it's the holidays and you know how like they do all type of winter wonderlands and all of that. So like LA Zoo, they had tickets for like eleven dollars. Um, and it just made me think no matter what area you're in, so no matter where you live and listening to this pod, if you go on Groupon to just type in like holiday deals, you're gonna find something. And usually at the zoo, some type of like park, they're having something right now. So I encourage you all to check that out for a discount. I actually don't have a book. I have a team. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, also, Flights to Paris are $300 and under round trip now if you're flying out of LAX. And I think a few other states. So play around with that. Flights what? to New York are 190 right now up until April. So check that out. Really? All right, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So pull up. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to share with y'all this book um i just started i've been reading it on and off it's really interesting so the book is called tell me more and it's stories about the 12 hardest things that i'm learning to say and so um some of them are like i don't know i do know no yes i was wrong i'm good enough i love you or if i have no words at all onward and then this is it and so i like how the book just kind of tells like short stories because it kind of makes you feel like you're human in those moments where you're like oh I don't feel comfortable saying no, or I don't feel comfortable saying I don't know. So I think that um, this is a really cool book, and it's one of those books that you could pick up or sit down. Um, another book, because I feel like I always have to share my Angelou because I'm like obsessed with her. That is like my number one favorite person ever. Um, and I'm always gonna push this book. So the book is I Know Why Cage Bird Sings, and can read that book over and over. So I highly suggest that book. And I think the metaphor of the caged bird and then, yeah, y'all just got to read the book. Like I read that book in the fourth grade and it literally like changed my life. So I highly suggest that y'all read that book. Give y'all some time over the holidays. Wow. Yes. Um, so the event. So if you haven't already signed up for your free ticket to Black Women Healing Circle in Louisville, Kentucky, then you need to do it. Like right now, and if you're listening, while you're on your electronic or while you're listening to this, go ahead and go on Eventzilla and sign up. It's a free event. I'll have some refreshments. And, you know, I think it's going to be an amazing event as far as like, you know, continuing on our healing journey. So if you're a Black woman, if you identify as a Black woman, please come out and, you know, let's have a good time. Oh, I also think it's important to note, since this will be coming out during um, the holidays, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to note that holidays can be hard. Yes, you're not alone. Other people are experiencing hard times during these holidays. And I was listening to Getting Grown podcast, and um, one of the co-hosts talked about how she lost her brother. And so, like, even driving home was hard for her because they had car put together, and then like listening to people's corny jokes like was even difficult for her because it's like she laughed with her brother and x y and z things with her brother and I like how she really talked about like you got to have your safe people so whether it be that person where it's like I'm gonna text you and I say have three people have that person where you could text them and they're expecting for you to text them or they know 
like it's a possibility that x person might text me so let me be available have that person that is on call where you could call them at any time and then have that person that you debrief with because again like journaling is great i suggest y'all have that down as a thing but we got to have other tools that we're going to and human connection and have somebody to talk to can be very powerful especially if you feel like you're alone like again i love journaling but your journal is not going to talk back to you so just having that person where it's like you know this is difficult like let's say you lost your grandma whoever you may have lost or it might even just be like your family is people that like you kind of are forced to be around and you don't really want to be around them it's important to have that person to be like what you're going through like i'm here for you it's important to have that person just simply say that so lining up your people that know that you might possibly call or text them is really important journaling can also be one of your things and even if you're somebody who likes to read books have your safe book have your safe song playlist whatever lining up some things um especially for those who are going out of town make sure you pack like your little kit that you might need and yeah that's my suggestions you have some no i think that's amazing <laughs> yeah no I, I most definitely encourage that too like hearing you speak about it it just made me feel more like calm and comfortable in my head and i'm over here like checking off my people like okay <laughs> yep. and so and it just makes me and I do feel like this holiday, I feel like I'm a lot more like in a peaceful place because the holidays is very overwhelming for me just because like I live so far from my family. Well, I am going to visit my family too, but even besides the point, like I didn't go home for Thanksgiving, but for some reason I feel like I'm at peace, but I think it's because I do have some of those things in place. So, And then if I don't have people, make sure um, y'all connect with like Talkspace, um if you're a younger listener there's team line you can call or text them mm -hmm. yeah i think that that's just really important because although it might appear like uh, people are just having a jolly old time with their family you don't know like what's really going on because you know i mean i think about like how i feel around sometimes i'm like i know it has to be somebody else that feels like this mm -hmm. so i think it's just important to note that um if your friends if you can't get a hold of them I would suggest maybe jotting down some things in your notes on your phone as some like talking points that you want to hit with them that you might need to process. If you see a therapist, same type of thing, um, jot down some notes that you have that you might want to process. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. Is that it? Yes. Okay. Well, thank y'all for tuning in and make sure you sign up for the Black Women's Healing Circle in Louisville coming up. Um, it is completely F-R-E-E. -E. That's all caps. F-R-E-E. -E. <laughs> so make sure y'all sign up. Donations are highly accepted. So yeah, and then we have some exciting stuff coming for next year. And we look forward to chatting with y'all again soon. Bye.